of Christmas, and we're going to just look at um, one scripture that we already know, and I feel like I'm ministering to the choir. It's not something that you don't know, but hopefully um, maybe you'll hear something that'll be a spark for you. Um, Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, because your word is truth and your word is life. And um, just help us to hear and to receive, Lord God, that which will build us up. And particularly in this season, Lord God, especially when we're out in the marketplace, um, to make us bolder, greater witnesses for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So the light of Christmas. We know that Jesus is the light of the world, and his role is to bring that reality into our darkness. You know, and when I say our darkness, the darkness of the world. So today we're going to talk about people who discovered or found Christmas, basically who found the Christ in Christmas. The first person is Mary, the mother of Christ. And we see her story in Luke 1, 26 through 38. And the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to, this, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly flavored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Can you imagine a young woman, a virgin, betrothed, and an angel appears? I can't say that I've ever had an angelic visitation. I think I've been in the presence of angels, but I don't think I've ever had an angel speak to me directly. And one of the things we know, it can be very humbling, right? <laughs> and Mary said to the angel, how can this be? That seems like a reasonable question. Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. I can't imagine getting that message either okay now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who will call who was called barren for with God nothing will be impossible then said Mary behold the servant the handmaid servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her. 
So this is the first lesson that we learn about Christmas, and it's that miracles transcend logic, education, and knowledge. All she knew, all she could think about was, was transcended. I mean, it changed. You know, the, um, the miraculous, the impossible, I mean, physiologically, scientifically, this was not possible. But her response was, be it unto me as you have spoken. Now we're going to contrast her response with another character, Zacharias, who was the husband of Elizabeth and a relative of Mary. Here, John's birth, the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, was announced. I'm not going to read all of the scripture, but you can do that for yourself. So go to verse 18. Well, let me, let me go back because let's do verse 13. It says, but the angel said to him, he appeared, the, another uh, angel comes to Zacharias. And the, the preceding that, he is, he's a priest. He's in the temple. He's performing his priestly duty. And then it says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. And you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. Now, we know this story. He was old, you know. That would be like God coming to me at this age and saying, um, you're going to have a child. That's impossible in the natural. <laughs> yeah, I, I would pray <laughs> that I would be like Mary, and I would say, <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I would hope that I would say, be it unto me as you have spoken, okay? <laughs> but he. <laughs> <laughs> you mean me, Lord? Yeah, something, you know. Are you sure about this one, Lord? His, he was old. His wife was old. She was barren. Can you imagine that, you know? I mean, probably everyone, maybe with one or two exceptions, you know, that season in our life is over, you know? And, um, and Zechariah in verse 18 said to the angel, how shall I know this? So, I mean, he approached this angel and responded to the angel much like Mary. How, how can this happen? He says, for I am old and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Wow. And, I, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. Can you, I mean, just think about that a minute. An angel who stands in the presence of God comes and speaks to you and tells you what the Lord says. You know, that makes, I mean, it kind of makes me have goosebumps just even just reading that. And then it says, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the days, the days these things take place, because you did not believe my word, which will be fulfilled in their own time. The contrast is Mary submitted to the word of God. She said, it's illogical 
doesn't make sense. Biologically, it doesn't make sense. Socially, it doesn't make sense. But I submit. I surrender to your word. Zachariah didn't submit. And there was a consequence to him for that. Okay. So here we see similar situations and different reactions. The second lesson we learn is that when, we face, when we're faced with impossible situations that don't make sense, that there are there's a difference between doubt that makes sense and doubt that doesn't. So they both had doubt. They both had questions. Mary submitted. Zacharias was in unbelief. And I thought about, when writing this, Pastor Kimberly's message on, on Sunday when she said, shared, in one day, she got five reports about her family members. But by the time she got the fifth one, her attitude was, come on, devil. You're not going to defeat me. You're not going to defeat my family. And we have to have that attitude and that posture. Then the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest. It says, and there were the, in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid. The thing that I uh, think about is the suddenly of the angel of the Lord. They were just there, you know? And, you know, when, we, when, when I've listened to some of the prophetic voices that are out there today, and some of them, um, I guess I, I can say this, I have more confidence in than others, but they talk about the suddenlies of God. You know, I think we're in a time where things are going to happen in a, um, an expedited rate, and things are going to happen suddenly. God is just, I don't know, I, I think I've been experiencing that. It's like I posture myself to pray, and it's like he's here. You know, I don't, it's not no, not waiting, where are you, God? I mean, he's here. I mean, and I, and, it, and I know he's here, and my prayer language is stronger, and it changes, and it's just me and God, and it's suddenly, you know, I mean, and it's awesome. It's just awesome. And I can honestly say that it's not necessarily anything I'm doing except making myself available. Like sometimes I can just be sitting in a chair. I can be even watching a TV program. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just comes and I start praying. I don't understand that. I just submit to it. I cut the TV off and I pray, <laughs> you know. But I don't understand you know, and it's just suddenly. The angel says to the shepherds, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. One of the things I want to say here is 
the shepherds that were watching these sheep, I believe they were the sheep that were to be the perfect sacrifices. And what I understand is that when the baby sheep were born and they were designated to be the sacrifices, you know, like at the feast or in the temple, that the shepherds would swaddle those sheep, those baby lambs, in cloth. And the angel tells you, they tell them, you're going to find this baby in a manger, in a trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes. So those shepherds knew exactly who Jesus was when they found him because they had taken care of these little lambs that were to be perfect sacrifices because they weren't to have a spot or a blemish. So they would wrap them, cuddle them, take care of them so they could be the perfect sacrifice. And that's what happened with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I think that's awesome. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph <clears throat> and the babe lying in a manger. And when they, had, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which they were told. Is there not a copy back there? Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. They marveled at the things with which they were told. It says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard, they had heard and seen. And that's what we want to do this season. We want to praise him and glorify him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The next person we're going to talk about that found the Christ in Christmas is Simeon. Simeon sees God's salvation. <clears throat> and the scripture tells us in the same book in chapter, in verse 25, he was a man a man, this man was just and devout. It says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Savior that had been foretold. Amen. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, you know, for the, the circumcision, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He knew it was time because he had been promised that he wouldn't go until he had seen the Lord's Christ according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the, before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. It says, then Simeon in verse 34, blessed them and said to Mary his mother, behold, this child is destined for, fall, for the fall and rise of many 
in Israel and for a sign which, was, which will be spoken against, a sword which pierced through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. To really see Jesus in Christmas, we need to continue to seek him. This is, the call, this is called righteousness, to be fully committed, keeping our eyes and hearts open. Simeon gives us a, uh, Simon give, gives us a warning, Simeon gives us a warning in verse 34 that Jesus will polarize in many the rise and fall. And then there's a scripture in um, Matthew 10, and I think I wrote this and I meant to go back to it, but it talks about, um, I wanted to include it in here. It talks about, um, us not speaking, but the spirit speaking. Um, it talks about deliverance. Um, it talks about the hatred toward men, you know, what, how we need to handle that. There's so, there's so many aspects to how when Jesus came on the scene, it changed things. It, there was a, a tremendous shift in how things were to operate in the earth. Um, Philippians tells us we must be willing to be identified with Christ. And sometimes this is a battle between our flesh and spirit when we have to say no to ourselves and yes to what Jesus is telling us to do. And then the fifth group of people that found uh, um, the, Christ, the Christ in Christmas was the wise men from the east. And this, I think this is interesting, too. It says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, because, you know, we, I never, I, I don't think I ever really saw this before, because when we put up our nativity scenes, the wise men are there, you know? The shepherds are there, but they weren't there. The scripture tells us um, that they, Jesus was probably a to toddler by the time the wise men got there. They had to travel, I, I forget if it was like 60 miles or more, to get to him after they saw, maybe it was more than that, but after they saw the, they saw the star, but then they had to travel to him, and it was a great distance, and it took time. And, you know, we can go 60 miles in an hour now. 60 miles on a horse or a camel or a donkey would take a lot longer. And some estimate that Jesus may have been around one or two years old when they got there. So it says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the day of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So it took them a while to get from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They wouldn't have asked that question if they had been in Bethlehem where he was born, right? Um, um, for we have seen his star. So they saw the star, but they weren't there, and have come to worship him. And I think this is the key to this particular scripture, that we should always approach this holiday, this Jesus, with worship, you know? Um it says, when Herod the king heard this, 
he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. He knew his kingdom was coming down. <laughs> and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, O Bethlehem, and you know, Bethlehem was a tiny little place. Nobody expected the king of kings to come to Bethlehem. You know, it says, but you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. It says, then the king, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined them, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when they had found him, bring back word to me that I might come and worship him also. That was not his intent. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. So they're traveling till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. We have the king of kings on the inside of us, so we can rejoice with exceedingly great joy. Our worship should be off the chart. Amen. <laughs> And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child and child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave him all they had, you know. Then being divinely warned, they had a dream, warned in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And I'd just like to conclude this by saying, miracles and the supernatural come from worship and the willingness to do what the Father says. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.